Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 471. Uh, everything in moderation. You know, have uh, the serenity to accept the things that you can't change and the, the courage to chant and the, the wisdom is the key. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost jump starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. It feels like today will be a very unique and special episode of Cars Yeah! I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guests, Steve and Dave Shard. Steve, Dave, are you guys buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You yeah, bet. Always ready to go. All right. The Shard brothers work at Forge Line Motorsports in Dayton, Ohio. There, with their talented team, they manufacture the world's finest custom-made-to-order lightweight forged aluminum street and racing performance wheels. For over 20 years, these guys have applied their racing experience and passion from motorsports to meet their customers' demands for quality products. Through high-tech engineering, superior design, and unparalleled manufacturing, ForgeLine provides quality, strength, safety, and durability. They're also both lifelong motorsports enthusiasts who've raced for quite a long time. And by the way, I saw your guys' wheels on that. Is it the Murillo Racing Porsche Cayman that pulled into uh, the pits as a victory lane there shot in your uh, wheels at Daytona a few weeks ago? Yeah, Daytona this year. Yeah, yeah. they won the uh, second year in a row, I think they won Daytona. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations uh, for having your wheels on that car. That was pretty cool. It was a great race to watch. So, guys, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you each take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business, your passion for automobiles and racing? And we'll start with whomever you'd like. <laughs> I can start. Um, I started the business in 1994 with the help of my father, well, our father, absolutely. And um, it started as a two-piece wheel. We found a, a market that uh, no one in the United States had been making custom-made lightweight racing wheels. It took off. It, it was doing quite well for a while. I was still on a second job because it wasn't doing uh, that good. Then mm -hmm. through the years, you know, um, I kind of found out that I was more of a salesperson and not a not a business person per se. And uh, that's when Dave got in and and uh, really started taking the company into another direction, three-piece wheels, different things. And then it really started taking off. And then uh, finally got into some monoblocks and 
some more sales techniques that we changed, and uh, we are here. We are today. There you go. How about you, Dave? Uh, I started out in. Uh, obviously, we've been in the wheel business all our lives. Uh, um, most people don't know that, uh, or a lot of people do know. Some people don't know that we grew up uh, at the, uh, working at the Dayton Wire Wheel Factory, building wire wheels. My dad purchased Dayton Wire Wheel in nineteen in that in that realm and owned that business for thirty years. So we we grew up in the factory doing all the dirty, nasty jobs, and, and that nobody else wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so that's how we got that's how we got and got the wheel bug. Uh, and I started a business called Wheel Source, which is a distributorship. Of other brands of wheels, BBS, Momo, Beadline, Dayton Wire Wheel, of course, and uh, there weren't a lot of uh, uh, distribution centers back in the ni- early '90s, other than like American Racing Warehouses. Um, so that was a great business for a while until uh, I saw Forge Line. Uh, actually, actually, it, we decided that making our own wheels was better than selling other people's wheels. So. <laughs> yeah, very cool, very cool. I love it, and I love the fact that you started on the factory floor, probably pushing a broom and uh, lacing wheels and doing all that stuff for your dad and learn the business from the ground up, which is certainly, I'm sure, helpful as you started your own business. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? Let's time we'll start with Dave. Take the wheel. Um. This will sound strange, but uh, something that I say to myself all the time, and I say to my kids as well, is, is uh, everything in moderation. And that sounds strange maybe from somebody that's building a business because you know all the time. But I have to remind myself, and I see this all the time where people fail because they, they really don't know when to stop. We've built this business from a very small one, two-person employee business and, and very slowly, one or two machines a year, and and I just and it, and it goes with everything in my life: eating, exercising, sleeping. Uh, no matter what it is, just everything in moderation kind of helps me keep grounded. Absolutely, I understand. How about you, Steve? Um, my typical one is the serenity quote. You know, have uh, the serenity to accept the things that you can't change, and the the courage to chant, and the the wisdom is the key uh, to know the difference between because you have so many different things coming at you, especially in this industry in automotive. And, you know, if you keep thinking about the things that you want to change, but you can't, it just ties your mind and, and physically ties you up. And that's really helped me in the years. Serenity and moderation. I like that. You know what comes to mind is that great Seinfeld episode where George Costanza's dad had that saying, serenity now, <laughs> whenever his, his blood pressure got too high. I do that same thing. Serenity now. <laughs> It works, but now it sounds like those have been nice things that kind of meld together to work together, especially when your brother's in a business, you know, it brings that whole family thing tie in that sometimes can be a great asset and sometimes can be a big challenge too, but uh, those sound like great mantras, personal mantras and quotes. Would you guys each share a story with me that instigated your individual passion for cars? I know both you guys have raced cars and you grew up in this family around wheels, but is there a pivotal moment each of you can remember when you really realize that you know what? I'm a car guy. And we'll start with Steve. You know, with me, I remember uh, going to the races with my dad. He ran uh, deep production Yanko Stinger in the 70s. And um, I remember specifically a track at uh, what it was used to call the IRP, Indianapolis Raceway Park. And he was dead last. And he came around the corner. We were watching in the carousel. I saw him go to the inside and won and thought, well, he got a couple guys. He came all the way around the back into the carousel and he was leading the entire race. And I'll never forget that feeling 
of how proud and how cool and how neat it was. And I was hooked after that. What happened back there on that back part of the track? He said they all lined up to the right to take the corner, and he just passed them all. <laughs> Dove inside. <laughs> he just kept doing it in every corner. He says he couldn't believe it. Yeah, nice. Cool. How about you, Dave? Yeah, my uh, my marriage also was Corvair. My, my dad raced a Corvair, so when we started racing, I, I took a year off of college when I was 18. And to keep myself occupied, I started to help build. Uh, my dad had bought an extra Corvair. It wasn't a Yanko, but it was a Corvair. And I think it was it was actually GT3 back then. It not it, it progressed from deep production to GT3. So he taught me how to build motors, and so we were building motors and going to quite a few races and blowing up motors at the track and rebuilding the motors at the track in the grass. And, and, in the grass, and thinking to myself what, at that and Nelson Ledges as I'm doing this, you know, why am I doing this? But at the same time, I was like, you know what? This is really fun. <laughs> like, I really kind of enjoy this. And, you know, build, rebuilding that motor and staying up all night to rebuild that motor and then getting back in the car and being able to race the next day, there's, there's no greater feeling than that. Oh, absolutely. I think they call that field triage. I've done that myself on a, <laughs> at a vintage race where the car grenades and you're like, oh, man, I've come all this way. I got to get this car back on the track and pieces everywhere. And where did you drop that one? So, uh, yeah, it's all good for the uh, the soul, I think, a little bit. And some of that yeah. serenity now has to come into play. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, guys, what I'd love to do now is talk a little bit about challenges and failures. You guys built business up from a one-man, two-man operation. I mean, businesses, entrepreneurships are fraught with challenge, fraught with danger, fraught with pain and suffering. Is there a, a huge challenge or better yet, a big failure that you guys have faced along the way that you would share with us? But the most important part of this, how did you come out of that? How did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? Uh, my, my failure is, uh, and it sticks with me all the time, was wheel source. I built, I built wheel source from a two-person business as well. We ended up having three locations, uh, Atlanta, Chicago, and Dayton. Uh, the business was fantastic. We were $12 million in sales. You know, things couldn't have been better. And then China kind of got in, involved in the wheel market and, and uh, totally tr turned everything upside down. The internet got involved. And so, you know, we were selling wheels for one year. We were selling a 20-inch wheel for $350 on a wholesale level. And the following year, they were selling for $125. And, uh, you know, a bunch of big box people came in and kind of took that business away from me. And it was hard for me to see because the business had been so successful for so long that I that that I ended up losing a lot of money. And looking backwards, I could should have gotten out of it <laughs> long before that. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that that failure was tough on me. It was really, but what what happened was I took that failure and flipped it over to the Forge Line thing because Forge Line was really all I had left at that point. And that's when Forge Line really took off. I put 100% of my attention into that, and, uh, and it just really took off from there. Boy, that, that switch to that period of time when all the manufacturing was shifting to Asia, and all of a sudden you were getting all these cheap goods coming in, and the consumers were going, well, those things look the same. Well, they probably weren't the same, but they kind of yeah. looked the same, and you know where the money went. And, yeah, it affected a huge number of people. Yeah, it was absolutely. How about you, Steve? Well, it's ironic because it's, it's, it's the same time period, but when he was taking over and putting 100% of his full time in the Forge line, that's when I was getting out. You know, I've been a salesman all my life and I love to talk to people. And at that point in time, there wasn't um, enough room for both of us. And so that I, you know, I went back to a, 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 my typical sales job. 
And so giving Forge Line up was, was very, very difficult for me. And, but now looking back at it, I, I'm, you know, if I wouldn't have done that, there would be no Forge Line. You know, Dave's done such a great job with it. And once it got to that level, I was able to come back and, and now the sales are really taken off. And now, you know, he is truly in charge of production and I've been able to take care of sales. And, um, you know, we've really grown the business where it is now. So he could afford you finally. Exactly. <laughs> that, was, that was exactly it. It really is. Um, but uh, it, it's truly taken off. And, and it's just you, you learn you got to know who you are and what you do best. Yeah, and he 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 loves the sales side of it. I I I dislike the sales side. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> and vice versa. It works out well. Yeah, it's a nice marriage. It, it's a wonderful story, and I love the fact that uh, somehow you guys kind of looped back and ended up back in a same business, but your own business. You're building your own dynasty. I understand you're having an awesome year. Sales are good. Sales are too. Sales are too good. <laughs> too good. Yeah, that can be a challenge. But our schedule is packed, and uh, we have two new machines that should be arriving here in. Uh, next 30 days or so to help out. Awesome. That's fantastic. Congratulations for that. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I like to talk a little bit about a career aha moment. It's a time in your career where I like to say the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for this new direction that you have, this new focus that each of you had. And tell me the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. We'll start with Dave. Um, you mean an aha moment? I guess one, one, an aha moment that I had five, six years ago, maybe around that time when I took the business over, we were trying to take it to the next level, was we were, we were thinking about raising prices. And this is when, when you know, that was a bad thing. 2008, 2009, you know, nobody wanted to hear raising prices. But we wanted to give our dealers a bigger uh, discount so they, they could sell at a bigger discount. I think we were offering like a 25% disc- discount. We wanted to raise prices so we could offer a 40% discount. And also, we needed to raise retail prices anyway. And I was it was scared to death to do it. I was losing sleep over it a couple of days before we did it. And, and we raised prices and we had the best year. I think we grew the business like 20% that year. And I think, you know, we actually finally were charging what we should have been charging. I think we got to a whole nother level of people that weren't even looking at us. And uh, so that, that was, that's an aha moment for me. You know, it's really funny when people think about that because they go, wait, you raised your prices and you gained a market share, your your, your business grew. I, how, how does that work? But let's share with our audience a little bit of a knowledge nugget there, if you will, of why that works so well, especially in a high-end brand like you guys have. Yeah, I think we were viewed by a lot of people as maybe a middle-end brand, you know, before and so when we raised our prices up to those BBS or HRE levels, close. you know, and close to them, and uh, we always had the same quality because that's what people told us all the time. Your stuff, your stuff is better than this brand. Oh, your stuff is better than this brand. You're so much cheaper than they are. And uh, so we just raised our prices to their level, and we, we got the eye of the people that were shopping at that level. You know, this is such an important message for those entrepreneurs out there that are offering a high-end brand. You know, I always say that race to the bottom market is a – race down the toilet. It really is. But if you're selling a high-end brand, don't be afraid to charge what it's worth because it does elevate you in the eyes of the consumer so many times. So yeah, great story. I love that. How about you, brother? (laughs) Well, that's a pretty good one. I don't know if I can top that one. You know, for me, it's more of a, when I finally really figured out that there are certain customers that we need to fire or certain business that that we just simply uh, can't afford. 
And uh, we really took a good look at the character of our, our customers. And you really have to choose your customers a lot more carefully, especially in this business than um, in others, because of how quickly they can drag your integrity and character down with you. And um, we really got a handle on that. Uh, we instigated uh, map pricing so that we can you know, keep the, the, the margin in the market where it needs to be, do more research, and, uh, and really pick the higher quality people to represent our product. Once that really got into place, it, it took a little time, and then we actually even broke it into other markets. Instead of with the Internet, there really isn't any territory like it used to be. You know, you used to cover Ohio and you used to cover Indiana. Now we went to market-specific people. These guys, they're really good and experts and carry a value added for Porsches or Ferraris or, you know, race cars. And then then once we did that, it, it really helped out a lot and, and took care. We don't have as many problems anymore. We, we um, you know, we have our customers that add value to it and they're not, they're not racing to the bottom on price. Yeah, you know, you guys are dropping some awesome value bombs for our listeners out there because that concept that you just shared with us, Steve, is so important. When you make a product that you release to someone else to represent, and they're representing a bunch of other products at the same time, uh, knowing who those people are and how they do their business is really, really key because you're right. They can make you look really bad really fast, and you don't even know they're doing it until it's too late. So uh, very, very important. Great, great stories there, both of you. Wonderful aha moments. How about Prouder's career moments? Uh, I would assume you guys have had many. You've been doing this for a long time. You make a stellar, stellar product. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show here, watching the endurance race at Daytona and seeing a, the Cayman pull up with your wheels on, it must make you feel pretty darn proud. But with each, each of you, is there a proudest moment you can share in your career that really stands out for you? Dave, we'll start with you. Yeah, just there's, there's a lot of proud moments. But I think when it's hard to, to name one, but we, we uh, do you know a car called a Glickenhaus? Oh, yes. Yes. James Glickenhaus, yes. I've been trying yes. to get him uh, as a guest on the show. That guy is so busy off racing and, and you know, building exotic cars. I'm going to get him eventually, though. So we, we, he called, and he was in need of a set of wheels, and uh, we were able to do it, do it for him in a relatively quick quick turnaround. And, and that was a relatively proud moment that he call, even called us and talked to us and sent us all these drawings. And we were working with Ferrari and all that kind of stuff direct. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And they called us back to do the race car, to do the whole GT3 program. That, that was a proud yeah. moment. I mean, wow. that, that, you know, not only that, you know, he, he, he obviously was impressed with what we did and trust us enough to, to build the wheels for that car and that program. That was pretty cool. Wow. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Cause he has built and developed some incredible race cars just fantastic so very cool how about you steve well a lot of it has to do with racing as well the, the glickenhaus story is, is is top he could have used anyone he wanted to he used top-notch vendors for this and uh, we went from design to manufacturing to a deliverable in a matter of months and um, there just isn't that many people that can do that that quickly um the other one was you know last year we had a, a very good season Every Porsche that ran in IMSA in the GTD category ran our wheels. Um, so, you know, the Alex Jobs, the Park Places, the Spirit of Seattle, and, and um, uh, Magnus. You know, we won the Sebring in 24 hours, or 12 hours of Sebring. We won Petit Le Mans. And, you know, we're the only American wheel company at that level with these racing wheels. And there is something about being in that paddock or being at that winter circle, uh, giving people high fives, knowing that that's my wheel. 
And then they're like, we never had a problem. We never bent a wheel. I hit this wall and I thought we're done with, and it kept going. Um, There's nothing better than it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, kudos to you guys for that. I mean, you're throwing out some names there that are just stellar racing teams and racing cars. And of course, to align yourself with brands like Porsche. Awesome stories. I appreciate that. Now let's have a little bit of fun here. I'd like each of you to share with me your first really special car. It doesn't have to be your first car, but the first one you finally got could be a race car too that you finally went, oh man, I finally got this thing in my garage. It's so cool. So Dave, let's start with you. Uh, when I was about 19, uh, I was eyeing a 1979 RX-7. And uh, this guy had done, you know, McKinney carburetors and racing beat headers and Riken, you know, 15-inch wheels. That was a big wheel back then, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was just, I just had to have that car. And it was priced a little bit over my over my price limit to a certain degree. And I went and met the guy. And the guy was so passionate about the car that he realized that, he kind of wanted me to have the car because it was such a prized possession of his. And so he lowered his price and made, me, made it affordable for me to get the car and just really, really enjoy that car. I mean, the funny story about this car is that's how I met my wife. She ended up about three years later, I sold the car. She ended up buying the car from me and we ended up getting married like five years later. So. <laughs> oh, very cool. Now, 79, that's the first generation RX-7? Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are cool. My mom had one of those cars and I was always going, hey, can I uh, run to the store or can I go pick something up so I can go drive that? Those are very cool. How about you, Steve? Well, the first car we ever owned uh, was a 73 Capri. And we actually bought it for $500 and fixed it up and put American Racing Libras on. And so we shared that for a while, but it was a really cool car. But after that, we, we actually made some money and... Um, uh, about two cars after that, I had a 76 Capri that I really liked. It was red. It had the louvers and a front air dam and the, the speakers all the way around the back. And it was a, it was a five speed. That was a cool car. It was a cool car. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Monza Corsa exhausts and, you know, all this stuff we, you know, we didn't really understand just yet. Quite honestly, in high school, we actually had a small, you know, we were trying to sell wheels in, in high school at the same time because we, you know, he had this car and I had this car. And, and uh, so we were, we were trying to do it pretty young. Yeah. Very cool. That's another cool car. I dated a girl who had one of those and she used to let me drive when we would go out. So uh, yeah, two cars that have a little bit of history in my life as well. Very nice. Now, how about vehicles you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Is there a car each of you had that you just went, Oh man, I'd love to have that thing back. Yeah, this is Dave. I had a 1984 Slant Nose 911 Ooh, yeah, was nice um, that I had done, you know, a twin plug conversion and did, redid the whole entire interior. I mean, just a lot of work on the car. It was just, it's a, it was a fantastic car. And, you know, to move on to the next car, I had to sell that car. You know, I really wish I had that car back. <laughs> yeah, I've got an 87 930 right now in the garage. Had it for about five years. So it's not a slant nose, but very fun car, definitely. Point and shoot car. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, have a, I have a 91 C2 Turbo now that, that I'll, I'll probably never sell. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hang on to that one. Very cool. <laughs> Steve, how about you? What's that one you wish you had back? No, I'm pretty fortunate. I uh, I really don't have one. I've been able to hang on to the one I really like, and um, the the car I have right now it's a it's a E92 uh, M3, and I absolutely love it. And um, 
So I, I don't have one of those stories yet. I hope I never do. Yeah, well, yeah. Learn <laughs> learn from your brother and me. Hang hang on to the ones you love because once you let them go, it's never really the same getting them back. What about current projects? What's coming up this new year? What can you guys share with me that's really exciting about ForgeLine, what you guys are doing, things you're getting involved with? I mean, you're, you're doing so well. You're involved in racing. Uh, what's happening at ForgeLine in 2016? Uh, we're very involved in the pro touring community with, you know, the, the muscle cars that they're, you know, looks like a looks like an old muscle car, but drives like a new one, putting all modern suspensions and motors in. So we bought a 1970 split bumper Camaro that we're going to put a new Z06 LT4 motor in and a ZR1 transmission and Detroit Speed complete suspension and all that type of stuff. So we're going to build a really cool pro touring car and take it to some autocrosses and some Optima Challenge events and do some stuff like that. Awesome. We go to all these events all the time, and they're really neat events, and we just sit on the sidelines and watch, which, which is, you know, no fun. So we're going to go out, go to the events and have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that's happening at ForgeLine this year that our listeners should be ready for and get really excited about? New product? Oh, you know, obviously we're, we're focusing on racing again. Um, you know, we have cars, uh, half the field in the Continental Challenge. So we'll be focusing on that a lot in those races. And uh, we'll be going to them, Pirelli World Challenge, you know, with real-time racing. You know, th- those are things that we'll continue to keep doing. Glickenhaus is building a third car, and they're all three cars. Now they'll have the two SCG uh, 003s and then the P45 that he did a couple years ago. And they're all three going to run the 24 hours of Nuremberg. So, um, you know, I, we're really excited for them. I think they've worked out a couple bugs. They podiumed at Spa last year at the end. And, um, you know, taking Forge Line over to Europe is, is something that we're really proud of. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Sounds like a fun year ahead for you guys. Now, here's a very introspective question. This will be interesting. I'll bring out some personality differences between the two of you, I hope. We'll see. If you guys were a car... And I'll include race car if you'd like. But if you were a car, what kind of car would you guys be? And we'll start with you, Steve. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I guess I would see myself as maybe an M5. Uh-huh. You know, a little heavier, uh, but uh, still sporty and nimble, trusting. You know, you can trust that car. It's going to grip the road. A touring car, you know, it just it's going to make it. But... Um, I need to work myself down to about an M3. That would be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on that same thing myself, although I've, dri- I've driven M3s my whole life. I have an E46 M3. I just love that car. Take it to awesome. the track and enjoy it. Yeah, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. So uh, yeah, I was, I was at the gym this morning trying to you know work off some of that M5 weight <laughs> that I have. <laughs> How about you, Dave? Uh, I think I'd be a GT3, you know, can... Uh, sleek and nimble still able to drive on the street but performs great at the track and and not you know still still flashy but but still uh subtle yeah yeah I, well if you can call it gt3 subtle but i i know what you're saying yeah well, compared to a ferrari or whatever you need. yeah there you go there you go yeah i love porsches they're one of my favorite marks for sure well guys uh, up next is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsor hey cars yeah listeners i have a question What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 
Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Steve, Dave, we are back. You guys are racers. You know what that means. The white flag's out. It's time to put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. Okay, we'll start with you, Dave. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, when it comes to racing or building a race car, don't, don't cut corners. Yes, absolutely. How about you, Steve? Uh, from Randy Post. Uh, smooth is fast. Oh, yes. He's been a guest on the show. Definitely smooth is fast. Yeah. As my driving instructor told me years ago, go slow first. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the year? Dave? Um, working out. Something that I, I do every day, try to do every day. And I notice when I, my stress level is definitely much higher when I don't work out. Ah, absolutely. Taking care of your body is so important. How about you, Steve? Treat everyone uh, with respect. You know, try to trust people. Build partnerships. And, you know, don't burn bridges. Absolutely. Really important. Now, how about a resource? I know there's lots of great resources out there, but are there, say, one resource in particular each of you guys really enjoy that maybe you go to often or a blog you get or a website you visit a lot? Well, yeah, cars. Yeah, cars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we're talking, and I uh, appreciate that. Your check's in the mail. I appreciate that comment, <laughs> but I appreciate that very, very much. Is there another one you might throw out there? Yeah, I like uh, I like Auto Week's uh, feed that I get on a daily basis, and Racer.com. Yeah, those are awesome. How about you, Steve? Yeah, I'm I'm doing the same thing. A lot of the racing stuff, uh, Racer 360, um, stuff like that. Yeah, pretty good too. I'm sorry. Say again. Jalopnik, Jalopnik's pretty good. Oh, yeah, I've had the uh, guy who runs Jalopnik on the show as well. That's a great website. I enjoy that quite a bit. Now, how about a book? Could each of you share one book that you've read in the past? It could be a car book, could be a business book, could be a self-motivational book, anything that you think our listeners would really enjoy reading. We'll start with you, Steve. I knew you would. <laughs> uh, the book, The Art, Racing in the Rain, That's- by Gar- Stein, I believe. Gar Stein, yeah, the book that, uh, man, I've had so many people lately recommend that book. It's told through the eyes of his dog. 
Yeah, and once yeah. again, I've been trying to get Garth on the show. I just cannot get him on the show. And like, Garth, there's another one. Come on, buddy. We're promoting you here. <laughs> How about yeah. you, Dave? Uh, it's not a car book, believe it or not, but I just read it, so maybe that's why it's on the top of my mind. But the, and it's a, it's a, currently it's a movie, but I read The Revenant oh. about a month ago, and that was a fantastic book. Much better book than it was a movie. Oh, really? Okay, I haven't seen the movie yet. It looks like a really action-packed movie, but the book. Okay, well, that's the first time that book's been uh, recommended here. So I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources that the Shard Brothers have shared with us today at their very own show notes page on carsyad.com. Just type Steve or Dave Shard, S-C-H-A-R-D-T, into the search bar, and that show notes page will pop right up. All right, guys, this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'll buy you guys each a car, whatever you want. What would that car be and why? And I'm going to start with Dave. Back to Porsches, I guess. I'm a, I'm a Porsche guy at heart. Um, like so 73 Porsche RS is what I'm... Ooh, oh my gosh, the Holy Grail. Oh my yeah, goodness. I just, I, just, I just love the way that car looks. I, way, I love the way they sound. They'll obviously continue to go up in value. Just uh, a car that I've always wanted, will always want. Yeah, that thing has just become unobtainium of late with all those old Porsches. But that one in particular, I have a good friend, Bill, who's a listener. Shout out to Bill, who bought one a year, years ago and restored it and ended up on the lawn at Pebble Beach and walked away with a trophy with that car, which was pretty darn cool. Yeah, I had a chance to buy one of those a long time ago. And even back then, it was so expensive. And when I told my wife, she just raised her eyebrows and went, well, if you think that's a good way to spend our money and I never bought the car, and to this day, I remind her what they're worth. So <laughs> so I look like I'm really smart. <laughs> how, about, how about you? What car is uh, just begging to be in your garage? Steve, um, the car I would love uh, would be Ayrton Senna's uh, yellow NSX. Ooh, now that's really cool. What is it about that car that stands out for you? I remember seeing pictures of him, especially when I was watching him race Formula One. Um, he was testing with or starting to test with Honda, then drive for Honda. And I just saw that car and I thought the NSX was one of my favorites. And he's absolutely one of my favorite drivers. So that would, that would just be the perfect car for me. Now, the new NSX has just come out. We saw ads in the Super Bowl, I believe. What do you think about the new car? Oh, we, we love it. You know, we, we do a lot of stuff with Honda, and we're very excited to see that car come out, and I, I think it's going to be very successful for them. Yeah, boy, it's taken forever to get that car to market. It seems like we were seeing ads or teasers for that years ago, but uh, I guess they've just been refining. Great to see it out on the market. Wow, well, you guys have chosen two great cars, historic cars, really, really expensive cars. Thanks a lot, guys, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I'd be happy to please you with those. Well, Steve, Dave, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey at ForgeLine with me. It's been real fun. Could each of you give our listeners some parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in either that 73 RS or that yellow NSX? You know, we're always striving for perfection here. Um, we're always striving for excellence and perfection. And I have to remind myself, and I see a lot of people get get caught up in this as well. There's a certain point where you just got to step off and say, this is good enough. And I, and, and I made the mistake, and I see other people make the mistake as well. They hold back trying to make, make it exactly, they want, exactly the way they want it or, or exact perfection before they release it, and then they wait too long, and the market's surpassed them or something like that. You know, it can't, it's never going to be perfect. You just got to step off sometimes. Right, right. Keep going. Cool. And how about you, Steve? 
you got to be honest with yourself and honest with the people around you. Once you're able to do that, things are so much easier to communicate, so much things, and you're at, at much more peace with yourself. Yeah, honesty is so important, especially in business. And as I remember back to those wide wor- wise words my mother told me, if you don't tell a story, you don't have to remember what you said, ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> Very true. Yeah, thank you, Mom. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you guys and ForgeLine? You're the sales guy. Oh, hey. <laughs> there you go, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, obviously, on our website, ForgeLine.com. We're also on Instagram, on Pinterest. On, uh, we're now on Snapchat, we, uh, Facebook. We've got about a little over half a million on Facebook. We love for people to Google us. Uh, we're very proud of the integrity and the reviews that we get. It'd be very hard-pressed to find a negative one about ForgeLine. It's so important for us. And uh, Or you call our 1-800 number, uh, 1-800-886-0093. I'm at extension 11. And uh, we'd love to take care of you. Very cool. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to all these great resources at Steve and Dave Shard's very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type their names in the search bar and their page will pop right up with links to everything. I'd encourage you to check out their website, check out their wheels. Look at what these guys are doing because they're making top-notch products. They are absolutely fantastic. When you're at the races, look for their wheels as well. Guys, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your stories with me and with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you guys down the road or at the racetrack. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!